0: The players didn't take too kindly to Rob Manfred's press conference announcing the lockout. What they said, why it underscores the gap between the two sides and why that is so big, and what it means moving forward. Also, got a thought about a possible idea of like transaction deadlines in the offseason and why they could work. We're going to get into that and more on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thanks for joining me. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Hashtag first listen. Locked On Reds is free and available on all platforms. And I am your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm a super fan and addict of all things Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned that addiction into information for you today. We're going to talk about the players' response to what Rob Manfred had to say about the lockout and why it's just really showing the huge divide between the players and the owners on this CBA negotiation. Also got a thought about Rivar San Martin Something that Doug Gray wrote over at Red Leg Nation about his performance in the Dominican Winter League so far. And we're going to talk about the idea of adding some sort of ticking clock to the MLB offseason. That's all coming up on today's podcast. Thanks for joining me. Uh, before we jump into that, I, I saw something that was interesting. Jason Stark wrote this about rule changes are pretty much going to disappear next season. In fact, insert a rule change that you can think of, not just, oh, hey, it's probably going to be the runner on second base or the pitch clock or this or that. Those are probably going away for the simple fact that he highlights this quote from a Rob Manfred uh, answer to a question. He said that those are uh, contentious issues and it would just be more contention that they would be adding to the negotiations to bring up some of those issues. Plus the commissioner also has the power to enact a rule change, regardless of opposition to it, at least for one season until it can be voted down and things like that. So we probably won't see any drastic rule changes to the game itself until 2023. That's not including the designated hitter of which I believe will be coming to the national league in 2022, but talking about like the ghost runner on second, talking about pitch clocks, um, the three batter minimum rule, things like that. I think those are going away this coming season. And, and he even mentioned like tabling it until the midterm or something like that in uh, closed quarters interviews. But uh, th- there was a lot that he had to say about the lockout and the fact that the lockout itself was kind of a last ditch effort for the owners, but it's also something that they're using to move forward negotiations When the players responded through Bruce Meyer and through Tony Clark, that was laughed off. In fact, most players saw the lockout as unnecessary and some sort of mechanism to get them, force them into a corner where they end up agreeing to a deal that they don't want. And so they are sort of recoiling at the notion of that sort of thinking. And that's why you're getting some of the responses that we're going to be talking about here. One of Rob Manfred's key points in his address in the press conference that he held down in Texas was the ridiculousness and the extreme nature of a lot of the players' proposals. The different things like taking $100 million of revenue sharing off the table, uh, getting players to arbitration quicker, getting players to free agency quicker, things like that. But Bruce Meyer, the attorney who was negotiating on behalf of the players in this uh, negotiation, he, he pushed back on that. He said that the owners were going even more radical with their proposals, including eliminating salary arbitration altogether, something that they really fought for back in the early days of the players' union. And that would be a strange thing to completely get Rid of, in fact, uh, they 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 highlight a point that Rob Manfred said that had our most recent proposal been accepted, they think that they would have had a framework for a deal. Essentially, that's what he said, but. Th- Bruce Meyer pushed back on that. He said, their last proposal wasn't even a proposal. It was a proposal to give us a proposal. The problem was they were asking the players to basically let go of some of their ideas before the league would even agree to show them their hand and tell them what their next proposal was. So, yeah, lots and lots of contention here. The players have reportedly left nothing as untouchable in these negotiations, and they're willing to discuss everything. The owners, however, have made many non-starter subjects. In fact, this is a direct quote. This is from Bruce Meyer. This is through an article in The Athletic that I found very illuminating. His quote said this, The league has consistently said on revenue sharing, they will not change it, period. Meyer went on to say, There's a whole list of topics that they told us they will not negotiate. They will not agree, for example, to expand salary arbitration eligibility. They will not agree to any path for any player to achieve free agency earlier. They will not agree to anything that would allow players to have additional ways to get service time to combat service time manipulation. They told us on all those things, they will not agree. I don't know about you, but to have that many points of absolute non-discussion to say that we are not talking about this, then what's the discussion about? What, what are you talking about? It's like whenever you're trying to figure out where you're going to dinner and you're like, all right, where do you want to?" Well, I want to go every, I don't, I don't really have a preference except I don't want to go here, don't want to go here, don't want to go here, don't want this, don't want that, don't want this, but we can pick anything. All right, well, you're not really... Saying that, then are you? You're not really up for anything. In fact, Tony Clark had this quote, and it makes sense based on what Bruce Meyer was saying. Tony Clark said this from the outset. It appears as if the league has gone for the appearance of bargaining without actually doing any bargaining. The league has said, these are our demands. You're going to go for it. Bingo, bango, bongo. If you don't, we're shutting things down. Ugh. The saga continues. This is... This is only getting started. Coming up, a transaction deadline in the offseason? Before we dive into all that, though, I want to take a look at Revar San Martin. And before that, I want to tell you about a great place to make some cash off your sports knowledge at betonline.ag, the only online sportsbook that I trust, and you should too. When it comes to football season, we are in the stretch run of the NFL as we're heading toward the playoffs. Lots of great action going on at betonline.ag for that. We are coming into bowl season as well. A great time to really build your bankroll on some awesome bowl games coming up, including the college football playoff. But there's lots of stuff going on at betonline.ag, including basketball season, whether it be NCAA basketball or the NBA. Lots of great... Props, lines, money lines, over unders, everything that you can think of is there, including the NHL. You've got UFC, you've got boxing, and you've got your favorite Vegas casino games. Check out betonline.ag and set up your profile with the promo code locked on. You'll save, or no, you'll get 50% more on your initial deposit. You will get 50% more money on the money that you deposit to help grow your bankroll right from the word go that's betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on to get that 50% Welcome bonus betonline.ag is where the game starts. And doesn't this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. another that you can stream your favorite shows on. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends login. The good stuff. Stop that! I, I want to tell you about a simple way that Directv has created to get all of your entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Directv Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so that you can watch your favorite sports, movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract, plus the added benefit of not having 1,200 different profiles just to watch all your favorite shows. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com today. That's DirecTV .com. Compatible device required and contents vary by package. All right. Uh, I, I saw this and the, I thought this was a lot of fun, by the way. Thanks for making lockdown your hashtag first listen of the day. We are free and available on all Platforms. Uh, Doug Gray had a great article over at redlegnation.com talking about Revar San Martin and his Dominican Winter League performance and how he is vying for a spot in the rotation. And if you had to look at some of the candidates, yeah, obviously, as of right now, supposing they don't go make a trade, and kind of like I said yesterday, hopefully they just make a trade for Mike Mostakis and they can keep their big three pitchers at the top. But right now, you got Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Tyler Malley at the top of the rotation in some sort of order. That's going to be a debate that we can have all throughout the offseason. But in some sort of order, those are your top three. The last two that's uh, up in the air. Sure Vladimir Gutierrez has an inside track to r- stay in the rotation, but you're also talking about guys like Tony Santion. You've got the young guys in Hunter Green and Nick Ladello. You've got some dark horse candidates in uh, Riley O'Brien and also Graham Ashcraft can't be counted out in this. And then also Rivar San Martin. Rivar San Martin made two starts at the end of last year. Not to say that you really know anything about the guy from two starts. Plus, he only pitched against the Pirates. It's not as if he got exposure to a lot of people there, but he did all right. In 11 and two-thirds innings, he only gave up two earned runs. Not too bad. He's not a hard thrower, which is not something you see nowadays. Pretty much, if you don't throw 95, you almost get overlooked, but he has a high rate of of ground balls when it comes to allowing batted balls that's not something that happens in this league and there's a, the league average of ground ball percentage that a pitcher allows is 43 percent in his two starts again tiny sample size his ground ball rate was 62 percent and pretty much over the entire year last year, it was a little bit over 50% as well, which is still well above league average, which is very key if you're going to pitch in Great American Ballpark. So it's good to see. And and when you look at the fact that last season, and I love Doug had this, he said he's now thrown 138 innings across AA, AAA, MLB, and the Dominican Winter League, and he's allowed just six home runs. That's a nice stat. That's the kind of thing that you really want to see out of a dude that you're going to hand the ball every fifth day. Not much can be ascertained through those 11 and two thirds innings. Like I said, tiny sample size, but he allowed zero, nada, zilch, no hits on 51 four seam fastballs. According to baseball Savant, he said that he threw 51 four seam fastballs and he didn't allow one hit on any of those pitches. In fact, he got a pretty nice whiff rate and put away percentage as well. So that is a good pitch, and his slider is a pretty good pitch to boot. The other thing that kind of got him in trouble was his changeup and his sinking fastball, which he threw all four of those pitches reasonably an equal amount. It was mostly the four-seamer at 28%. His sinker was all the way down there at 19%, but it wasn't as if he had four pitches and that fourth pitch he only threw like, you know, every other Tuesday or something like that. Wasn't the case. He he was able to at least make it even over those eleven and two thirds innings pitched. But dude has allowed just five earned runs in twenty-six innings in the Dominican Winter League. I I love those kind of numbers. And thinking of him, he's he's a dark horse. He's not a guy that I would say has an inside track, and, and in fact you you kinda of wonder if it's, you know, Hunter Green and Nick Ladello and maybe Maybe it's Vladimir Gutierrez's job to lose in the fourth spot, and then the fifth spot could be one of Green and Ladello, and the other starts the year in AAA. And then you kind of reassess as the year goes along. But I definitely want to see one of those two, hopefully Hunter Green, up on opening day. But with that being said, Sam Martin can still be a valuable dude for this pitching staff. Out of the bullpen, he could be a very versatile bullpen option. Thinking Eric Lauer, a guy that I was super jealous of the Brewers having last year, where he could pitch multiple innings out of the bullpen, or he can make a spot start when needed, giving the Brewers the depth. San Martin kind of helps the Reds with depth. He's not a guy that was like Jeff Hoffman. Like It felt like Jeff Hoffman was like, okay, well, yeah, sure, you could probably get multiple innings out of Jeff Hoffman if you really wanted to, but you really weren't trying to. At least San Martin has a little bit of interesting upside to him that I don't think Jeff Hoffman has. And I would love to see more of San Martin. It's, it's good to see him pitching well in the Dominican Summer League. And it's nice to report that there is a Red doing something good this offseason as he is pitching. Now, this also kind of gives me shades of memories of Jose De Leon killing it in the Puerto Rican Winter League last year. But uh, we're not going to go there. All right. How about a different way to spice up the normal big league off season? We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Before I, uh, before I get into that though, as we, as we move throughout this off season, I definitely want to look for more and more interaction from you, whether it be on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's, or you can find the show at Locked on Reds. You can also hit me up on the Locked on Reds line, 513-513. 549-0159 549-0159 you can text or you can call and leave a voicemail and I'll just drop your audio into the show and there's all kinds of different things you can ask me questions you can give comments reactions whatever you, if you think that I had I said something that sounds absolutely ridiculous then you know good good place to chime in on that there on Twitter as well and, and we love to get the interaction going Because it's going to be a great off season. There's lots of big changes coming to the show. And I'm looking forward to having you along with me. All right. Real quick, speaking of big changes, there's something that uh, an article that I read in The Athletic by Britt Giroli. And she talked about, and, and she was able to kind of bring together multiple executives to talk about this. And it's the idea of creating some sort of transaction deadline in the off season. The CBA expiration on the first kind of created this ticking clock environment in which teams and players felt the need to get certain deals done before the deadline hit. Now, you've, got, you've still got guys like Nick Castellanos and Carlos Correa and guys like that who are still out there on the open market, and they'll probably sign shortly after the CBA is finally figured out, but there were a lot of players that wanted that stuff figured out beforehand. And there was even some that surmised if those guys signed too early and maybe they cheated themselves out of money. That's neither here nor there. It's something worth debating, but nothing that we will ever be able to prove. So, but it got me thinking and it got Brit thinking in her article. And I agree with her thinking on this is should there be a normal, like a, a scheduled ticking clock every off season back Before 1985, before that CBA got rid of this, there was an off-season trade deadline. There was a trade deadline by the end of the winter meetings, all trades had to be finalized. And it created a sense where you didn't have these long, lingering off-season negotiations like we have now. And in 1985, the CBA kind of killed that. But it'd be kind of cool if there was something like that again, I think. Because if you look at the other main sports, the NBA, the, NA, the NFL, and the way that their offseason is handled, if you have marquee free agents like LeBron James in the NBA, it is like almost immediately, maybe 1201, the first day of free agency, he signed. And there's these other things about tampering, and, and maybe the deal's already done before that. And maybe the deal's reported a couple of days early, but there is this just excitement that abounds in this short period of time. And it's just a blast of news when it comes to baseball, you've got this prolonged off season where maybe you get some big deals during the winter meetings and maybe you get something in January and maybe you get something in February before teams travel to their spring training destinations, but it's, it's so spread out and it's just, it's very lethargic and it's not something that really gets people going. It's not really something that gets people excited about Major League Baseball. Sure, it was awesome whenever the Reds had that offseason a couple of years ago, but let's even think about that. Mike has signed right before Reds Fest, and that was amazing. And it was great to see him at Reds Fest. It was a lot of fun to get to meet him and see people interacting with him before he'd ever played a pitch for the Cincinnati Reds. Then you had a period of time where nothing happened. Then they signed Wade Miley, and you're like, okay, they're signing the pitcher now. The rotation looks to be pretty set, pretty deep, ready to go. All right? Then a month went by. And then they signed Nick Castellanos, and boy, you really felt like things were coming together, and you felt like this was a really good offseason. But think about that. that were th- those were three signings over the course of three months. It's not as if there was this huge just blast of intrigue. I, I don't know. Like the, the rumor side of things is nice, but there's only so many rumors you can talk about in a month's time. I I, I think that there should be some kind of deadline, and I think that that would kind of elevate the MLB offseason. Another great example from a couple of years ago: Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Remember how long they stayed on the free agents list? That's the kind of thing that in other sports would not happen. Those guys would be signed day one. So I have an idea. What if we created a multi-tiered deadline? You had a trade deadline kind of like before the 1985 CBA. You have a trade deadline by the end of the winter meetings. All trades must be finalized by the end of the winter meetings. So you've got teams who are trying to figure out if they want to buy, if they want to sell, you're going to know that right away. Then, You have another deadline, multiple year, multi-year free agent contracts must be finalized on on or before December 10th. I know, that seems quick, but I'm trying to speed up the offseason and give it this kind of panache that it doesn't have already. One-year MLB contracts, this is the next deadline. So you have multi-year contracts are due by December the 10th. One-year MLB contracts have until December the 20th to get finished. And then minor league deals. So, you know, your minor league uh, flyers or your minor league deals with invites to spring training, things like that, have until December the 24th, Christmas Eve, to get signed. So by Christmas, you're done. You get your shopping done before Christmas, and all the while, everybody just frantically, there's stuff going on, there's signings happening, there's trades happening, teams are moving. You you will know who your teams are that want to compete. They're not going to sneak up on you a week before spring training, because it always feels like there there are these groups of teams that, before they leave for their camps in Arizona or Florida, they do a bunch of moves. Why? Do it in December. Let's do that. And let's have a period kind of almost like a dead period where it's like, it's not you know dead, but a, a period where there's no negotiations going on a period where the teams are finalized and you know, what's going to be happening and you kind of get, you kind of get used to these teams. I don't know. I, I think that this is idea that can be fleshed out a little bit more. And it's a thought process that is a start, but it's not anywhere near finished. And it's actually interesting. If you read the article by Britt Giroli, it's a good article. On the athletics, she talks with multiple executives that are very much in favor of this. And to different degrees, there were some that were just like, yeah, I like the idea of it, but we would have to really talk about it a lot more before I would be able to say one way or the other whether I liked it uh, wholeheartedly. But I think that most everybody agrees the weird, plotting, almost just disjointed nature of the MOB offseason needs to be changed and I think this is a start I think it's a start all right that's going to do it for us here today on the Locked On Reds podcast thank you so much for watching right here on YouTube thank you for listening if this is your first time make sure that you are subscribed that way you don't miss anything I've got for you all off season long I'm going to be right here talking about Reds talking about baseball the news the CBA the infighting everything that's going to go on you're going to hear about it right here on Locked On Reds, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen. As Lee Sterling and your boy Q break down the best bets of the day and help you make some cash over at betonline.ag. That's Locked On Bets, just like Locked On Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it might be the off season, but we're Locked On Reds every single day.